Exit. 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 Yeah! Welcome back to Exitainers, y'all. My name is Matt, but you can call me Willie if you get real nice with me. If you know what I'm saying. I just got back from Ribfest. What is that? Oh, you don't know? No. Well, that really just shot my whole bit then, didn't it? Um, did it? <laughs> Wait, is that a real thing? What are you talking about? Yes, yes. Ribfest is uh, they, they have it. They've had it for like at least the last like five years on the on the waterfront, either on the Halifax side or Dartmouth side. Matt, expecting um, me to know anything is is too much of me. I know you know media, not real things. I don't. Sometimes I don't even know media. To be fair. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they they get like. Uh, world-class rib makers if that's ribbers if you want rib like uh, the food if, uh, yes yes like pork ribs not cow ribs yeah no those are uh those aren't they don't do beef ribs really okay anyway they they come from all over the place they got uh they got they got their like own signature sauces and stuff and it's a, it's it's a competition between like six or seven vendors from across the US and Canada to uh have the best ribs at the fest. So, so why is it like, here? Uh cuz people are hungry. Yeah, but we're like kind of small. Yeah, but um where where else are they going to go? I don't know. Well, who else is competing? Uh, you said all over U.S. and Canada. That's like yeah. There was there was there was a shop from uh Oklahoma and a shop from Texas, and then you know yeah, some do it from in like, Texas. What? Yeah, what? Mm. The Rib Fest should be in Texas. That well, they 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 have their own. Oh, so there's like so, a bunch of them. Yeah, we're we're like one stop. They, like a bunch of the places, like they display the trophies that they win at these events. Oh, that say a, they have the best sauce or best ribs. It's a tour. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Okay. And we are we are one rib fest among many a fest. One of many ribs. Just like mm. how a cow has a many rib. Hang on just a second. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm not going to be nice to you. Stop it. Enough. Is that so your anyway, girlfriend? uh we're gonna i'm not gonna acknowledge that okay Um, so today's episode is not about ribs but rather about uh the heart good the heart of two films um and so what we did and i'll be i'll be rather candid here um freeman and i exchanged films we gave each other a, a weird challenging movies to watch so, um, spoiler alert for both films that we are going to discuss today, which are, uh... 1973's The Holy Mountain. Actually, I think it was directed by Alejandro Jodorowsky, not, uh, the year 1973. <laughs> but, I, that yes, doesn't, yes. I'm not wrong, though. It came out in <laughs> 1973. It, it does belong to that year. Yeah, um, so Alejandro Jodorowsky's... Uh, the Holy Mountain, released in 1973, and 2020s, Charlie 2020s, I'm thinking of ending things, released yes. in Charlie Kaufman. 
<laughs> in Charlie's coffin. Thank um, you. So, I think. I would think you, we would should you rather we should start with the movie that came out first. Okay, so, so then we, let's start. Let's this, start with the Holy Mountain. Yeah, if, if I may, if I may preface, you can um, absolutely preface. Can I preface before your preface? Preface away. I don't like this film. <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't gonna like this film. I was so apprehensive to watching it, and during the watching, I was vindicated on every account. Every account? Every single account. There's one scene I really liked, and I'll tell you about it later. Okay. In the podcast, but later. I suppose before we go further, I'd like to say that I think, having seen both films that we've discussed today, and also Freeman has, I think everyone should watch both of these movies. I think whether or not you like them is completely subjective, that's fine, Hmm. but I think that these are interesting challenging and beautifully crafted pieces of art and i think that's the main takeaway is not everyone should watch these people who have the mental fortitude should watch these if you're not willing to think about a film or even just like engage with it don't watch it don't watch these movies because they're just gonna be upsetting yeah, I, I suppose I shouldn't say that you you need to watch it front to back, but at least try it. Right. Because I, and you might for, find yourself really enthralled, you know, in something absolutely bizarre and out of the realm of what is normally considered acceptable in film. Right. So in my case, so Matt was the one who recommended The Holy Mountain to me, and I recommended I'm Thinking of Ending Things to Matt. I came into... Uh, knowledge of i'm thinking of ending things because my dad accidentally watched it on a plane thinking it was a normal movie like a drama and so that's the that's the kind of thing we're like you don't want to watch that on an airplane don't watch it on an airplane don't watch it if you're my dad that's the kind of thing i'm talking about you know right and the holy mountain is a film that you shouldn't watch with anybody else around you because it's just that insane i i wonder if it would be enhanced with watching with with another person like if it was like um like one person had seen it and the other person hadn't and it's like all right we're gonna go on a trip together and i'm gonna guide you and you're just gonna deal with it i suppose let's let's actually say what the film is about which is a a difficult i'd love you to tell me because i have no fucking clue like if I, I, am to I know, I get it, but the problem is I I don't want to get it. I'd rather would, I'd rather it make no sense. And I suppose that is kind of how you have to watch the film, right? You kind of just have to let the images hit you at some point. Yeah, I see this as a a, a, a the the central character being the one that is he who looks like Christ. Does he have so, a name? I'm gonna go on. I'm I'm I, on Wikipedia I, right now. I don't believe he's given a name. No, he is known. A, all, he's known as the thief, which is they do call yes. him a thief a couple of times, but they call a bunch of other people thieves. So I guess he is the thief, capital right. T. This man is. Uh, he just looks like. Uh, he looks very much like Jesus. Goes on a spiritual journey through sins and follies of man. And attempts to liberate himself from them. I'm literally, like, I'm starting to feel ill just thinking about this movie again, to be honest. It is, it is notorious because it is 
an, a very grotesque film. Yeah, I don't like grotesque. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is no part of me was ever going to like this movie in any so way. Do, do tell me what your experience was like with this, because I'm, I'm curious. And because that's, I know that it, it gets more insane as it goes along. That's no it's no uh, detriment to the movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It might be a bad movie, but I'm not the person who can say that because I couldn't stomach it. So I don't think I should have that great of an opinion on it. Um, what I do know about it is it made me feel bad uh, the entire <laughs> time. I'll tell you, you know what? I'll start off with the positive because that's the one thing I forgot about it until I was having a conversation and it, it like... Uh, we were talking about hippos, as you do. And uh, it reminded me, the best scene in this movie is when the hippo is trying to eat the fountain. Mm-hmm. That was adorable. I wanted more of that. And then he was gone. But I fucking loved that because he was just like, clearly they just took a hippo and put him in the water and he was just having bath time fun. And that was really great. There are a lot of exotic animals in this film, and I don't think many of them were actually trained. Like, there Probably. are tigers, snakes, there are goats, there are leopards in some capacity. This film gives the impression that, yeah, none of that was... Uh, none. Nothing in this film was done ethically. Yeah. Um, I feel pretty confident a, in saying that. I think what the draw of the film to me is that it is so batshit insane in the way that it bombards you with messaging and symbolism and imagery. It's and very good at... See, I speaking of imagery, I think that's a great place to start for me because, Matt, you sent me a shady link in which I watch this film. And <laughs> as streaming sites do, um, it would frequently uh, buffer... And I would have to wait. And it got especially bad towards the end of the film, where I would just, like, it would be buffering every couple seconds, which made the end even more hell than it normally would be. I'm but the so worst sorry. part is it would buffer on the worst images possible. I got straight up butthole for one of them, which was great. Um, children's uh, genitalia for another. Fantastic. Very glad the movie wanted to pause on that. Like... Uh, the guy's eyeball, the when there was no eyeball, paused on that. Very cool. Like, it just, it en I feel like it enhanced my viewing because it was like, hey, remember that disturbing image? Let's stay there. Hey, I, I gotta I tell you, I don't want to stay there. I only watched it once and it didn't buffer much. For, I apologize that you had the buffering issues. That's that a me problem. But it def still... That definitely contributed to a negative experience, though. It made it worse, for sure. And I did everything... Like, I did the pausing thing you're supposed to do. I let it I let it cook, and it still just didn't like me. At one point, I literally was watching it, and it buffered, and then and then broke. And the website refreshed, of my not of my own volition. The movie started over. And it was like, I'm not doing this again. Oh, my gosh. So, it was a bad time, no matter what. You were just getting assaulted with with bad. It was this it was like time. the bad vibes of the movie leached out of the computer and affected okay, see, me. That, I'm very glad. I will say I do partake in the occasional um, cannabis drug for sleep and calmness reasons, and I'm very glad I did not on this occasion. Oh my god, it would have killed you. 
I think I would because I've watched other like weird movies on drug, but like I've I watched I'm thinking of ending things on drug, and that was fun. This would not be fun. I would just be real upset. But yeah, I feel 10. like that would actually that that would probably enhance a viewing. Of, I think uh, the point I'm of ending things, but I think the well, I think the point of the Holy Mountain is supposed to be drugs. I don't, I can't confirm this, but the Wikipedia article says that the director uh, like gave them hallucinogens or psychedelics for the reawakening scene and also possibly other scenes. And it's like, all right, that tracks. It was the seventies, man. I don't know what you want. Yeah, but, but like. There are so many movies that came out in the 70s that didn't lace their actors with drugs. Listen. Purposely. I, I, I'm i not going to pretend that this film was made ethically or that every choice in it is even arguably good. That's my takeaway is The weekend was my biggest thing of like, wow, this movie is really interesting and, and surreal and crazy. But it also has that one insanely unethical scene where a guy just butchers a pig on camera and i didn't yeah. like that that's one scene and i was and it was towards the end of the movie and then i was like wow that was shocking that's this whole movie is a pig being butchered and i don't want <laughs> they that didn't kill any i mean i guess if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty of they it, killed they, a uh, bunch of frogs and lizards I don't unless think those I'm... were i that looked pretty they were just exploding fireworks on top of them. I don't think they all made it out. I I don't think they did either, but, but that I, was the the movie gave the impression that they were very much expendable because yes, they just but... kind of threw them on the on the set and went, "All right," and then they filmed them and it's just like I can't when a film is that consistently unethical, I just can't uh I but can't I think that was the point melt of that into scene. the movie. The point of that scene was to show that both sides in the uh, in the the, the Spanish uh, conquering of the of, of North America. It's like that was. I thought they were British because they had the British flag. I swear to God, it was Spanish. No, because the they had the. No, because they had the conquistadors have the red cross. I thought red cross was English. That was a red cross. There was a red cross on the ship. Yeah, is that not English? What English people do? What do they look like? What is the English flag? Is it at a Red Cross? The ink. <sighs> no, but like the conquistadors had like a similar, like the shape of it is different. It's still. Yeah, the flag of England is a red is a red cross. That's what I'm. I they had red crosses. Okay, but. Hey man, this movie is interpretive. I think they were British, and if you, it's just British. <laughs> The conquistador flag is is red and white as well, and it's a it's a cross in a different direction. It, it depends on which era you're looking at, but right? The, but is it okay. not a poor reading to see just British people taking over native lands in North America instead? Because it's pretty much there. It's there you go. It's yeah. I, I think the reading was also. Uh, I I read it as like. A clash of beliefs yeah no where... it's definitely british because are you looking at the one where it's like an x and no, it's no, jagged yeah, I, yeah or are I you think, looking yeah, you're you're right here i think i was uh hell yeah i was assuming due to the uh the director's nationality that well um, yeah i guess but like that was the thing that that came across so blatantly to me it was just like frogs wearing 
like that was funny for a second when it was just mm-hmm. like frogs wearing english hats and it was like wow this is i wonder what this is supposed to represent and it's it's the kind of thing i can respect a film that is like i i like things that are vague but i also love things that are so blatantly in your face it's almost like um insulting i find that stuff really funny when it's like it just ham-fisted uh yeah. allegory it is just like wow i wonder what's the, happening here but it's very obvious that the creators know that it's ham-fisted right right That's i can i can appreciate it, it yeah most of the time i still so, hate this movie very much so <laughs> I, I i don't know where to begin and i don't know where to end i think you should guide the discussion and i'll just give my points because really it's just going to be me bitching about the movie to be completely honest I don't okay, because I I don't I, have anything nice to say and I mean that like I want there to be something nice to say it's just I don't That's fascinating you think like like nothing at all none of the musical choices none of the editing choices eh, I mean they're fine they're like they're good they're it's a well-made film like it looks good it sounds good but like you know the saying just you polish the, 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 a turd it's still a turd that's <laughs> Then they literally do that in this movie, and that was great, but I didn't want to see it. Uh, George Harrison was originally up for the role. Of, uh, uh, yeah, and the then thief. he was like, mm. honestly, huge respect to George Harrison for not doing it, because I wouldn't. I honestly think it would have been really like... Like I don't, I don't think I would be, I would feel the same way about the film if George Harrison. Like I'd feel like I was just watching George Harrison get tortured for two and a half hours. But he is, he is a little Christ-like, you know, yeah. like in appearance. He could, he could, he could pass some Christ uh, meters. Um, but now, like, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts because this film deals heavily with spiritualism, magic, uh, yeah, tarot the occult, cards. The occult stuff was, um, uh very shallow i think really that's That's interesting to me because the the director of this film is incredibly spiritual well yeah that's that's i think the thing that upset me is anything it's the kind of thing where to get any of the the spiritual like at least the tarot card stuff which i know a little bit about um you'd have to pause the movie and think Mm. like because the um read like reading it the um what is described as uh, a footless handless dwarf representing the five of swords because he's wearing the five of swords like strapped on his back mm-hmm. you can't see i couldn't tell what card was on his back but apparently I, it was the five of swords and looking into what the five of swords represents don't know why he has it but okay but maybe i'm just dumb about that maybe there is because the problem with tarot cards is they're meant to be adaptive to whatever situation so you put x card with y card and then it changes how it is uh represented it can be changed based on if it's upright or uh facing sideways or if it's facing a card or facing away from a card etc etc so like any card can mean anything if you really push it but i don't see him I don't see the dwarf being a five of swords. See, this is what's interesting to me, though, because the... I think that this, despite being a very spiritual film, I think it's also, a, at least in terms of 
the the full message of it i think it's rather nihilistic oh it's very anti-everything but but then i think it still tries to find meaning in just things right in parts of our lives that we consider the, the social commentary in this film i feel holds up very well um like it's it's broad enough but also specific enough that a lot of the satire i found it worked for me i love the the way they talk about the weapons designers and how they make like bedazzled grenades and uh assault rifles that look like uh you know hippie guitars to sell to the hippies yeah i see that's my other issue with the film is that it i think for me at least the film it tries to do everything and when it does that i feel like it never lingers on one topic long enough to say anything um anything more than like basic uh like understanding of a thing like maybe again this is also me just like having watched it and not wanted to think about it beyond what i saw because yuck but I felt like every time, especially like when they were showing off the other like apostles or whatever they were, the the other people um, looking to gain immortality, I was intrigued because it was like, okay, we're, we're the first half of the movie was just kind of all over the place. And now we've got this weird suicide squad structure of here's a new person, here's their backstory. But it was always like, all right, here is a topic we're going to talk about. And then, uh, never mind, goodbye. And I just always felt like, man, they could have focused on that some more. And then, and then there you go. It also I just suppose- really upset me because the each of the people were based on uh, a planet. And there are, uh, back in the, in the uh, you know, the olden days, the, the spiritual alchemical days, there were... Uh, the seven uh, celestial bodies Uh, and they don't use those ones they use our modern planets and that's upsetting for some reason like it just it got to me where it's like you're using all of this like old occult things and you're not using the old occult uh, framework it just was weird to me deflection for just about everything you just said okay okay one well i said Um, a lot there too much (laughs) okay well i think that the reason that they don't go super in-depth at least verbally on a lot of the stuff that happens when they're showing off the the different planets uh their respective representatives or whatever they're Um, meant to be like the planet what the planet represents is uh representative of the character's attributes right and their relative uh well honestly sins because these are none of these people are good they're they're all awful people the most obvious, like, the one that most people will be able to pick up on is Mars being a weapons dealer. And it's like, oh, you know, like Mars. Right. The and god I of war. Think, I think that it's meant to be part ham-fisted, but also, it, like, it's it's really meant to show how vapid and stupid these people are. Because we have human beings that are not too far off from the characters that we see in this film in our real world. And yeah, and I think it's also because it's so like, yes, this came out in the seventies, but it, it's very good at showing that like, yeah, we haven't changed much. Mm-hmm. We are very much still 
in this uh we are still dealing with these same problems that they were dealing with in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s all the way up to now and that's uh not a very encouraging thought but it's not inaccurate and I, i also think that um the the superficial connection the reason that we go with the modern planets instead of the spiritual ones is because these are modern human beings causing modern problems for other modern humans and so the connection to the spiritual is very vapid in the same way that these people are just trying to achieve immortality and they'll do whatever this this alchemist tells them to because they have a lot of money i can respect that reading of it i just it the film is like it's doing that thing where it's um trying to talk about life the universe and everything well it's that but it's more that like this is a film that's trying to pretend to be superficial but it does it too well that it just looks superficial and that that's that's like a very dangerous line to to be walking on that like it's the whole thing of like uh when you do parody of something you can only you can do it to an extent where it's you question if it's genuine or not and then it's just like uh am is he in on the joke or is he the joke and Um, in this movie i was having trouble deciding um whenever we get to talk about the end of the movie i will say uh that that cemented my my distaste for the film Actually, yeah, can we talk about the ending of this film? Because I... Woof. Love it. Woof, man. (laughs) Well, I don't don't think you said anything there. I think you just barked like a dog. That's exactly what I'm saying, and that's exactly what the movie did to me. The movie barked at me like a dog. when, When we say the ending, I'm referring specifically to the final gathering of these, uh, these, the, the, planetary representatives the christ-like figure the alchemist and not the absolute batshit insane montage that precedes it yeah no i'm talking about when the camera zooms out and it's like this is a movie goodbye and it's like oh wow you just didn't know what to do there did you well i i think he did know he did it on purpose like it's not like a oh i don't know how to end this we'll just pretend it's a movie it's a very clear and and like important decision that he made there like he didn't just throw it there but as a viewer you're watching it and it's just like okay i've seen so many movies do that do the you know oh it's they do the fourth wall break thing and this movie doesn't deserve it i feel like like you can i get what they were doing if they had done it earlier in the movie I would have been okay with it, but doing it right at the end where nothing matters anymore is just like, yeah, I'm glad it's a movie because I don't want any of that to be anything. Just okay. go away. That. <laughs> and okay. then the movie went away and I was very pleased by it, but it was almost more upsetting seeing the crew and being like, yeah, look at these guys who worked on this film. And I'm just like, I hate all of you. I Every really single like that- one of you the crew is like still like color coordinated and it's very obviously like a fake crew that yeah they're meant to be like on camera yeah 
they um, knew they were going to be on camera so they zoomed out so that like everybody would be placed in a way that was visually appealing but i i see the end of the film i think this film is meant to be Hodorowski's own crafted spiritual experience it's literally saying go outside and touch grass it is but it's saying that it, it wants the viewer to do this and take what has been shown in the film into account when doing it they say we can't we can't reach the holy mountain here we can't achieve immortality here this is a film the things that we have discussed are real only so far as the boundaries of our film. You must take what we have discussed today and you must apply it to your everyday life because you see the parallels already. And now we are going to acknowledge that we have reached the limit of what we can do with this experience and you need to go do something about it. And I really, in one stroke, I love how funny the moment is where he... (laughs) <laughs> looks at the camera and he pushes his hand and he's like zoom back camera that- i hate i hate that but i thought the moment <laughs> where he there like all of the old sages are just mannequins and he does like a like a i gotcha bit that lasts too long that was really funny that was the other bit that i liked about the movie because it was like obviously any sane person who is going on the journey to enlightenment and just got pranked yeah but everybody's like pretty cool with it they're all like ah oh, that's ah, it's so funny you're such a funny guy and like that was funny to me because it's like wow these people are really just fully brainwashed aren't they exactly and but that's the thing is it's at that point i have a i don't want to say an issue i just personally do not um, find any meaning in any spiritual cults religion anything and so any film that preaches anything even slightly like that is already i'm Lost already tuned you. out because it's just like yeah i don't like what all of the whatever the movie is trying to teach me whatever it was trying to teach me throughout the movie didn't it didn't teach me anything it didn't give me any uh spiritual uh understanding it didn't give me any any religious experience it just felt like a uncomfortable time and that's but i get how totally I, fair i get out people who might be more spiritually leaning i like spirituality in concept just not in execution <laughs> and so to watch a film preach a kind of spirituality and then expect the viewer to apply what has been watched is just like no thank you well i I don't i don't think it's as commanding as that i i I think it's like a you know it's a strong suggestion to take the pieces that resonated with you into reality to help you achieve not 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 immortality right because the film achieves immortality by by saying we are in a film now remember me goodbye and that's that i think is fascinating in concept because then the fact that you and i are talking about this right now hodorowski could be dead he's achieved immortality right is he dead yet no um okay. he's 94 <laughs> he's he's on his way 
he um i don't know if he's got one more film in him he's definitely going to make movies until he does pass away but that's i remember after uh i watched the movie i i looked into his his world and he was making a trilogy and he's only made two of them and that makes me nervous what's the trilogy it's, it's uh where is it it's not his western stuff maybe i'm thinking of a different did i just like completely confuse him with another person because there's like a he was working on like a trilogy of um like oh what are they i'll wait yeah yeah it's an it's an autobiography he's making okay it starts with um the dance of reality yes and then endless poetry and then there's supposed to be a third one but the last one was in 2016 and there's no update on where the next movie will be i i I imagine he has it planned out already so even if he does pass away someone will continue on and make it for him in some respects but yeah but that's the thing is like he's he made a a trilogy biography of himself and that's like all right okay i i i we we digress Um, there is a there is a level of self-indulgence i permit for you know hollywood types big famous people and it's it can only go so far before i'm just like yeah right okay <laughs> we I'd, see hard, I'd hardly call him hollywood but i i get i get what you're getting at you know famous but. man hey this is the guy who made tusk come on man um the i personally enjoy this film a lot and i think it's something people should try Obviously, Freeman, you had a very different experience with it. Um, I'm glad that you enjoyed one or two funny bits out of it, at least, and that you weren't entirely disgusted the entire time. I was entirely disgusted every time except for the mannequin bit and when the hippo was on screen, and that's not an over-exaggeration. I thought the bit when, like, before they are to, quote-unquote, like, like, supposedly ascend the holy mountain where... uh, they're like talking to the the rich people in the the club that's made as a distraction. Oh, the guy, the juggernaut guy who walks through the mountain. I like him. He's <laughs> I was very gonna funny. Say that that had me. They make like a whoop sound effect. Yeah. It's very very like as Amateur-ish. low budget as they could, and it's yeah. like I'm gonna cross the mountain, and then he cries like I did it, and it's like are you going to go to the top? And he's like, I can't go up and down. I can only go horizontally. I've horizontally <laughs> conquered the mountain. And it's like, that's a really funny image. I've horizontally conquered a mountain. If you walk around a mountain, you've yeah. conquered it. Like, that's funny. <laughs> I think, see, I respect everybody who's in the, um, what is it? The Lotus Island? Yeah. Is it, it's the, what's the name of the, the, the dance party place they're at? It's called something. The Pantheon I, Bar. Right, right. I have more respect for the people at the Pantheon Bar than anybody else because they saw a good time and they went, all right, <laughs> let's just hang out here. All these people went for immortality and went fucking drugs, fucking teleportation abilities. Hell yeah. And I think that that's a good place to talk about, uh, you know, the editing in that film, which is like... I think very deliberately against the rules of cinema um, at points. There's a, there's a ton of breaks in a- like action breaking cuts and uh, just 
total disrespect of, you know, rule of thirds, 180 degree rule, what have you. Um, it was always displeasing to look at, I think. Yeah, and I think that's kind of semi-intentional. But but that's the, like, I don't, if you're, and I understand like with art, like you get, you make whatever you want and you do whatever you do, but it's like, if something is made to be, it's why I don't like horror movies. Like if you're going to scare me, it's like, well, great. I don't like being scared. So don't, anything you do to scare me is not going to be a good time no matter what you do. So it's like, all right, this movie's going to make you uncomfortable, but like with grotesque imagery it's like great i don't want to see that i'm good but thank you i Um, suppose that's just that's probably the biggest point where we diverge because i i'm not saying that i enjoyed a lot of the grotesque imagery but i enjoyed looking for meaning in it because i know that this is somebody who has taken something direly important to them because you don't make a film of this caliber and insanity without having something that you absolutely need to get up on top of a podium and scream to the world. And the fact that he cast himself as the alchemist tells you everything you need to know about how he feels about it. Like, he put himself center stage as the spiritual guide. Like, I get it, and I respect the concept of it. I just think, like, with all the other types of, like, surrealist kind of movies that I have watched and enjoyed, I just think you can be weird and you can be you can give meaning to a bunch of bizarre circumstances without being like knowingly upsetting and knowingly like disgusting. Speaking of upsetting and uh, knowingly so, let's uh, let's let's talk about I'm thinking of ending things. Is that where we is that where we segue? I think we segue there. We could okay. go on about the Holy Mountain forever, but we I could. think there's it's a film with. A lot of humor, a lot of absolutely... You know what? I think if there's one thing that we can say to cap it off, it's that I I guarantee there is so much imagery in this film that you will find absolutely nowhere else. It's it's a very unique kind of film. And I I wish I enjoyed it more than I did. Are you Um, glad to have at least tried it? No. All right. Well, that ends that. Yeah. I really... I, I... It's just... It's just not for me. There's so many other kinds of surrealist films that are for me. And so I don't feel bad uh, skipping, like skipping out on, on looking for meaning in this one because it's just not mine. There's other ones out there that, you know, can speak to me. And that's the whole point of these movies is they can speak to different kinds of people. And I'm not one of them today. And that's okay. So I'm intrigued um, to know about why. Why did you recommend me? I'm thinking of ending things. So I I prefaced earlier. I watched this movie because my father uh, watched it on a plane unknowingly that it was a surrealist uh, abstract kind of movie. He thought it was a normal drama. And, you know, probably about 20 minutes in, he was like, wait a minute. Well, I don't understand. And so when he came home from the flight, he was like, hey, Freeman, you're a film major. You do film stuff. You should watch this movie, and then maybe you can explain it to me. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting... Like, to have your father, who doesn't normally talk films with you, be like, hey, you got to watch this movie, is like, I'm intrigued. What is happening? Mm-hmm. 
and I I do very light research. I just check and see is like, oh, okay, it's Charlie Kaufman. He's a fucking weirdo, so that's a good start. It's a Netflix movie, so that's a bad start. Um, and and I just kind of went, all right, it's a weird surrealist film based on a weird book. And uh, and then I watched it, and I was like, yeah, that is absolutely my jam. This is really? the kind of this is the kind of this is the kind of surrealism that uh uh is is what i'm interested in and i think it's because i don't like i didn't know what the holy mountain was going to be going into it but i think i felt like matt you have a very different sensibility for me and i felt like you were going to attack me with the holy mountain so i wanted to sedate you with this movie sort of an opposing uh, viewpoint of like hey, here's one that's, like, not upsetting, but it's definitely confusing and bizarre, but it's got it's got a kind of... Um, it's not hopeful, but it's not hopeless. It's just kind of a void movie. I think, and, yeah, I think that's and a really I like, good way to put it. It's a very melancholic film. Yeah, but I love everything about it because it's never... It never takes itself seriously. I can never tell where it's going to go but wherever it does go i'm like yeah yeah all right like i'm always with it mm -hmm. i the movie never loses me like the 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 uh, not to keep harping on it but the holy mountain lost me multiple times where it's just like I, and that's understandable it's very deliberately like bombastic and brutal in yeah in terms i don't want to watch i don't want to watch a movie where i have to turn away or close my eyes i don't want that I was always glued to the screen because it was like, what's happening next? I don't want to miss a single detail because I am enthralled in this story. And watching it slowly unfold is very satisfying and very, like, it's it's upsetting, but in a not grotesque way. It's upsetting in a psychological way. And I think yes. that's where uh, the... the uh, the branch uh, comes in for me is I like to be upset psychologically because that's uh, me on a daily basis. So if a film can <laughs> tap into that, I can respect it a lot. Listen, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time comparing these two films because I think they have incredibly different goals, but I, I will agree. This one is much, much better. Slower. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. It's a slow movie, but it's the kind of slow movie where like, the the point of the movie is that time feels uh inconsequential yes and it makes it's the kind of thing that is so um drawn out that it makes you pay attention to it right in the same way that i've talked about my love for uh uh, uh a young lady on fire portrait Fuck, of a lady is, on fire yes portrait of a lady on fire one of my favorite films of all time because much of the movie is silent it is still and it causes you to think about what you're seeing. It gives you so much time to reflect on the images that the movie shows you. And it makes you connect with the film a lot deeper because you're just staring at this image and you're thinking about what they're thinking about and you're thinking about what you think about what they're thinking about. And it right. just kind of cyclically uh, stimulates your brain in the most boring way possible. In a sense, it reminds me of the 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 after class conversations we would have in first year universe university excuse me um especially because i believe between going to and coming back from the farmhouse in this film you spend about 45 minutes 
in a car with two people. Yeah. Just conversing about media, about philosophy, about what it means to exist in time. And, and that's my favorite kind of movie. I love movies where people are just chatting, where people are just shooting the shit, and it turns into this weird philosophical musing. And, and that's then, but why maybe you liked, it doesn't. That's why you like Banshees of Inisherin better than uh, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Absolutely, both movies are incredible, but one of them has. I said this. One of them has my heart, <laughs> and Banshees of Inisherin has my heart. Now, I think there's. You know, I, I need to, to ask. Similar to the Holy Mountain, I think that this film very deliberately breaks a lot of editing rules in film. Yeah, the editing yeah. in the first third of the film is objectively horrendous. And yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's done with so much intent to make the conversations as awkward as possible. This was really fascinating, but I caught onto it quickly. The editing cuts out the breaks between like responses in conversations so that it makes them look insane people's talking just overlaps with one another and then they keep these really long gaps of silence in there so all of the awkward moments of a conversation are accentuated yeah um, it really it makes you stew in this the worst thing ever is like that that concept of like meeting your your significant other's parents and just sitting in the absolute nightmare that is hoping that you're normal enough and hoping that they're normal enough and you find out and nobody no is normal. one at this table that is normal tony collette in this so film. funny Tony so Collette funny. in this movie, man. It's so good. I'm I'm not convinced that she didn't actually do crack on set. That Honestly, was... <laughs> wouldn't put it past her. I gotta ask before we keep moving. I told you before we watched this movie, um, there is a scene that is so unbelievably absurd that it, it had me laughing on the floor and I couldn't wait for you to experience it. I want you Do you to know tell which me. one I'm talking about? I want you to tell me because there were two moments that jumped out to me that made me like actually have to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. Okay. I'm going to find the exact like what the thing of it is, but it's the when the janitor's watching the movie. Yes, okay. That's that was one of them. Because and the credits and yeah. the credits roll and it says r- directed by Robert Zemeckis after that yeah. really shitty love story. <laughs> yeah, That's I. The, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie in so long, and it literally I was gone. I had to pause it, and I was just rolling on the floor. I couldn't handle it. And the funniest part is, so that was improvised. The yeah, editor for the film was editing that portion, and they were originally going to make like a fake like fake director name fake uh credit scene but as a placeholder he just like grabbed a robert zemeckis film and put those credits on it instead and uh charlie kaufman was reviewing the edit and when he saw it he laughed so hard and then he called up robert Robert zemeckis Zemeckis and he was was like, like hey man can we use your name for this scene in this movie and he was like yeah go for it and that's the funniest thing in the world to me is that it's he such was just a like, jab yeah but it but he let it ha- like he acknowledged it and he gave the okay for it which makes it even funnier that he's like yeah 
Yeah, that's you, my movie. Yeah, I made that. It's so fucking funny, and it was just like so unexpected, and I, because it wasn't planned, it just when that kind of like that like accidental gold is so like it's so sought after because you can't plan something like that but when it happens it's like this is it i have this written is down in my notes just zemeckis because i yeah. had to just i had to make note of how funny that was it's such a good scene so what's the other one because it's it's been a minute since i've watched it so i don't know that so is when... it is it the talking pig no, 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 no. The talking pig, okay. I actually, I was quite enamored by, but... Um, that was... See, that's the most grotesque part of the movie, but it's still pretty tame. I... The... When... When Jake introduces uh, the dog, Jimmy, and... Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Buckley, who is... Jesse Buckley is amazing in this movie. Oh, this, this cemented she's... her as one of my favorite actors right now period she carries this film so hard and like everybody does a great job but she is she is literally the movie she, it's hers i i need her to be because men uh directed by what's his ass that made annihilation you know what film i'm talking about yeah um, she that film wasn't perfect it wasn't even i don't know if, if i'd even call it great but alex garland thank you um you're welcome but she was amazing in that as well, despite, you know, the plot being kind of weird and the connections being odd. Anyway, the when she she first meets this dog and she bends down to pet it, she goes, hi, Jimmy. And the dog starts shaking. Yeah. And it keeps shaking for about 11 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And she, she starts saying something. She goes that's and then she gets cut off by the parents coming downstairs <laughs> and the, then you never see the dog again i think the have, dog doesn't exist you do see the dog uh again but yeah the dog pops in and out of existence like many things in yes, this film yeah um, yeah there's so many moments like that where it's just like just the time com- is the comedy of editing the dog to shake constantly and then someone goes to comment on it and it hard cuts to a different like arc within the scene i yeah it's like hey there's this weird thing going on don't bring it up please don't bring it up if you bring it up we will like sweep it under the rug that and it's felt so like a, a fucking youtube poop to it, me honestly this film is kind of it's it has that energy for sure it has it has shit post energy and i and i love that too there's so many like uh when i was talking about like blatant for like blatant foreshadowing blatant like allegory and stuff like that i loved when it's just like that's the that's the door to the basement we don't go in the basement and there's like clearly scratch marks everywhere and it's like, very it's like ominous shot. and it's and it's like oh yeah okay sure we basements are scary you don't go in there and it's like what the fuck something is in there and eventually you go down there and it's like all right great but it's the idea of just being like oh yeah we have that basement we don't go in anymore because yeah. you know that's, it's the basement because that's the it's thing so that dumb. we do in films right it, yeah it's so dumb it's just like here's look at this location that we will go to later on the movie remember it it's an important location i love it it's, it's so a dumb. secret tool we can use later but I, we've been talking a lot about the comedy in this film which is fantastic but i think yeah. what really the heart of it is a very dark and deeply buried 
cynicism and did you read anything about the book that I, it was I based did on? actually I, I read a plot summary of the book in preparation the for book this. is even darker and I'm glad the movie took it in a different way I know I was surprised that there was like not a single instance of violence in this film um, and I'm very glad there wasn't because this movie didn't need violence it didn't and I I also I think it's violent in other ways. It's violent in terms of the editing, like we talked about earlier. Even even if you're just talking about the way it's edited together, not just with conversations, but the way that uh, when Jesse Buckley's character, who I believed is is properly unnamed in this film, she does not have a name. She is she is named multiple different women, which is another thing I love about this movie is the names are constantly changing and nobody acknowledges it and it's the kind of thing you don't pick up on at first and then you're like wait a minute that's not her name yeah and she doesn't know her name either and it's it's so like it's very dreamlike and it's 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 very interesting to me the way that Kaufman is so good at making his films dreamlike in in the sense that it feels like the rules of the world are constantly changing as if they're being made up on the fly but you know this has to have been conceived as a singular thing yeah he lives in a dream world and I I I love his stuff I like uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind is one of my favorite films of all time like it's he's a brilliant brain uh, brain of a man Mm -hmm. and I didn't like I didn't know that charlie like i didn't uh recognize his name i just knew like charlie kaufman that's a name i feel like i should know and after i watched it i was like that's why because of eternal sunshine i i pieced together like that makes a lot of sense why this movie is the way it is and why he chose to make a movie about this um i the um the my favorite part of this entire film i I do want to tell you because okay it, it like it was the most this is a very arresting film and among arresting moments this was the most of yeah. them the when they are they're still it's very early on in the film they're on the way to the farm and Jake asks Jesse Buckley's character to read the poem that she has been working on yeah and she reads dogbone yeah and the entire time she like she starts with a bit of a shaky voice and as she goes she gets more and more like she looks like she's having a panic attack yeah and it, again fucking incredible actor but yeah incredible she eventually at a certain part of it when she's talking about like and you don't know what's going where or whether time is relevant themes that are important to the film she looks directly into the camera yeah and so blatant it it it, it's it's such a it's like if you don't get it here turn the movie off yeah you're gonna get real lost if you're if you're not on board yet but then there's also i and i think it's about at the halfway point when uh buckley's character goes downstairs into that basement and she finds the the paintings that Mm. uh are at once attributed to uh, a famous painter but also jake and and also her right because she had shown them to the family earlier at the dinner table and right then she says something to the effect of are we not all just amalgamations of others are yeah. is there at, is there any true defined self and at what point did you pick up on her not being real I think it was about, or of anybody being real. Yeah, that's the thing. I think 
it's really hard to tell where the like the lines are blurred on where the rules start and end bare minimum jake is the janitor um jake is the janitor i think based on what the book does and this is obviously because it's an adaptation it's not 100 percent. this is what's happening right it seems as though this is the um hallucinations of a post-suicide jake uh, and nobody is real except for himself, which is only sometimes. I think that's what the movie is going for. Right. Like but even this... if it's not, there is so much up for interpretation. Anybody could be real and anybody could be fake. And I like that. Right. And I, I that's kind of how I read it. I read it as um, Jake in in his present form is this janitor who locks himself in his car and strips off naked to effectively freeze to death. Yeah. And everything that we see is him recollecting on what could have been, which I think is extra fascinating given the title. If you look at the cover for the book, it says, I'm thinking of ending things. It's scrawled out, and then under it it says, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. Which... It was fascinating because when you read the title of that, you go, oh, God, if you search... It's a suicide movie. If you search the title of this film without adding film or 2020 or Charlie Kaufman or anything, it will give oh, yeah, you they a get, link. They get worried about you. They will give you a link for a self-help line. Um, and that's where I was nervous because my dad likes real fucked up movies that I do not subscribe to. Right. And so I thought this is what one of them was. And he was like, no, no, it's like weird. And I was like okay i'll try I'll, it yeah and that's I'll what i thought it. too because i was like okay it's it's kaufman so it could get very dark but then mm. at the same time i recommended it so it can't be yeah, that i was dark. like nobody's we're not slashing ourselves open on screen obviously and yeah so when the theme became i'm thinking of ending things being i'm thinking of ending a relationship between me and my boyfriend which right. very obviously by the end of the film is i'm thinking of ending a relationship with myself and right. I fuck man. The, the film it's it's a double gotcha. The initial thing makes you think it's suicide, then it makes you think it's relationship, and then it gets you again. And I love that. I love it's constantly quest it makes you question it throughout. I and this is the kind of movie that like I'll watch it again in a couple of years and still be surprised and confused at it. I'm so ready to watch this a second time because I found a ton of meaning in it, in the the inconsistency in There's Buckley's so much little story little things. The way that uh, edits would cut from shaky cam shots to steady shots to throw you off. The way that mm. uh, the, the dance sequence at the end. Oh, what a gorgeous way. I know it's not the end end, but what a gorgeous way to end off with those characters. Like those that like... Mm. Yeah, just just letting them dance, and but it's then just it's like, also yeah. it's very like if you're pay if you've been paying attention so far and picking up on clues, then when in that dance number when you know the janitor and Jake go back and forth, and it's mm. it's very obvious this is Jake wrestling with himself with yeah what he wanted to be versus who he is, and eventually who he is wins out. And he kills right. what he wanted to be. And he realizes he can't be that. The dream is dead. Mm. It's it's a strikingly profound film about 
self-identity. And I'm sure you could make the argument, you know, with a lot of these these back-and-forth conversations in the car, that this didn't need to be a film. This could have stayed a book. Because... I disagree with that, yeah. It's... I feel like its its merit as a movie has to do with how it diverges from the book. Because the book has an interspliced, uh, like, separate story of a, um, like, a detective trying to uncover the, the murder or suicide or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this movie doesn't do anything about that. And I think the movie is stronger because of that. I, I haven't read the book, so I can't say for certain. But I think the movie focusing instead on the... Um, confusing and conflicting imagery can sort of it it pulls you in a lot more than i think the book would because you're going back and forth between the reality of the detective and the dreamlike state of jake's world i don't know yeah i i i i loved just i was hypnotized i was mesmerized by this film and the conversations that happen in it I... It has a hypnotizing effect for sure. I definitely this is this is like apropos of of, of nothing, but like the scene where uh, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's the it's what's her name Jesse Buckley Jesse Buckley. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Jesse Buckley who's just going down the stairs forever, and I was just like hell yeah, just make the rest of the movie this, and I would be okay. And with she's that. she's muttering like she's waxing philosophical the whole time. She's super yeah. into it and serious. I, But it's just so ridiculous and you can't... Nothing in the film... You can't take anything in the film seriously. And I love when movies do that where it's just like, listen, I get I'm being silly right now, but just let me cook. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me be this and you'll eventually understand. And I love that because it's just like, hey man, we're I'm trying to do something and you just suspend your disbelief for a second and just ride the wave and it um, but it make it does make it difficult to do that and it definitely does it on purpose with the the concentrated awkwardness of it but then at the same time i think it like you said it keeps you engaged because even if you're not necessarily intrigued by what the characters are talking about in the moment or you're not uh completely enjoying the awkward back and forth between family members I, the framing, I have to the framing in this film man very nice this film is shot there, there's a moment where jesse buckley's character says something at the dinner table and it's it, it like alienates the family and there's a really wide shot that just barely has the family out of frame yes i know what you're talking about it's i love it like it has it captures that like social anxiety that feeling of like uh, not fitting in and not wanting to be there and not like it's just it's so visceral of an uncomfortable feeling and i love that they captured that i think there's also when she when she goes down to the basement and Jake is standing at the top and he's trying to talk to her. The audio, it's muffled as if she's outside the car again. And Yeah, she's in this void-like state that is beyond because she is she's outside of his brain for a second. And it's so, I love it, man. And, it's so good. And they show the snow on the staircase. And that, that shot alone, that was the one for me. Like, I'd 
put it on my wall. It's gorgeous. Um, it's the just the yeah the snow aesthetic. I love. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of like meaning you could search out of it, but just snow is pretty. And watching it fall and watching it like lay on on the ground and the surroundings, it's gorgeous. The whole film, uh, how it uses the snow in like various different, like you were saying, on the stairs or outside or like in the with the gymnasium like it's 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 so pretty mm-hmm. i like it it's pretty i i just think that in terms of being i know a lot of people did not enjoy this film it has an average which is fair it, yeah it is fair because they, i think it's i get it. it's a it's a like it really does not make sense until if you're if you're having trouble with it it won't make sense until like the final 20 minutes and even then you could still get lost on you yeah, and it's that's. I mean, I obviously Kaufman is no stranger to just fucking shit up like that, but yeah, um, I just, I I really think that this was. <sighs> I I loved this movie, and I think that it was relatively. I don't want to say easy, but it it laid out the breadcrumbs and it slowly made them larger and larger. That halfway mm. point when she goes down to the basement and finds the paintings is probably just half a slice of bread. But <laughs> yeah, it's very like it's you have to work for it at the beginning, but if you are willing to, it pays off in dividends. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of thing that I enjoy is like a movie that you don't have to like strain your brain the entire time you have to strain your brain sometimes and then you just have to be like okay nothing makes sense i'm just gonna let it not make sense i'm not gonna try and look into it i'm just gonna let it be and then the hints start dropping and you're like all right i'm gonna start overthinking this again and then you you bounce back and forth and it's like it's a very it's a fun way to engage with a film because you're constantly switching gears between analyzation and complete apathy where you're just like all right okay right and sometimes that that can be a blessing when you just let go of the reins and let a film take you for a a visual spectacle and i think i had to do that with the holy mountain absolutely and Mm. well and the film the, the holy mountain also a thing that we didn't mention is how uh the dialogue is extremely minimal for most for most of the movie. Oh yeah, the first third and act I think is just a lot of mumbling and groaning. The first uh, because di- I watch it with subtitles. The first dialogue is is uh, the guy saying, "Come drink with us." Yes, and that's like a good twenty minutes in or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much more of a visual. Like obviously, film is a visual medium, but it is a visual thing. Um, you could watch it, you know without headphones like without the audio and it's probably about about the same experience i feel like um i the visuals uh, yeah the visuals carry the film beyond anything that is said i don't think anything in the holy mountain that is said isn't expressed through the visuals you know what i mean that's fair and that's why i was trying to say earlier when i was like you know the uh what's what's said by the planetary figures isn't is pretty ham-fisted but the visuals do a lot of the talking yeah and that's like film film is obviously it's audio visual so you need both but some films will lean in one direction and some will just focus in one direction and 
I'm thinking of ending things I feel like does a really good job at blending, um, you know, dialogue heavy uh, scenes with uh, just the gorgeous visuals that, you know, keep your the the monkey part of your brain entertained yeah so i guess in conclusion i i I obviously enjoyed both of the films that we discussed today you only enjoyed one of them but i think there's no denying that both of these films are very effective at using the language of cinema Mm. to they're they're thinking movies exactly if you want to be thinking and watching a movie these are two choices I guess that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at is that they don't speak English. You know, they don't speak no. any human language. They speak film. And if you like speaking film, you're gonna have a great time dissecting them or a bad time. But you're gonna, you're gonna have a time. Is the point? There are people who don't talk film language, and that's okay. But you're not gonna hear this movie. You're not gonna hear either of these movies. You're just gonna be like, wow. That was fucked. Yeah, and I suppose it's good that the one that both of us enjoyed is a lot more easily available. It's on Netflix, um, and I, 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 you got two thumbs up from Ebert and the other guy here today. Yeah. Wow. Who's Ebert and who's the other You're guy? Ebert. You hated one of the movies. Is Ebert the one who hates everything? No, he's actually quite positive, but... I was going to say, he's the positive guy, isn't he? But you're generally more pessimistic, I feel like. I know, which is weird. I'm more willing to... Like, like, I'm more willing to like things. If you give me a reason to like something, I'll probably like it. Well, damn, don't say that, because now you're making me sound like a damn fool for liking the Holy Mountain if you generally like things and you hated it. That's (laughs) not what I... Okay, I don't mean it like that. I just mean that film didn't give me anything to like. Of course. There are things to like. But I'm definitely like, uh, you're a very critical person and you look for um, critiques and things. And I think that helps a lot, especially uh, not to out you, but you are a journalism boy. Mm. And I feel like that is uh, probably very useful in that skill set. And that kind of critical uh, analysis allows you to like... Uh, push deeper into what films um, are doing wrong or are doing right and I'm sort of looking at things at a bit more of a uh, hey man this is this made me feel a good way or a not so good way but in a good way right but I think it's important to remember you know I'm still looking at I'm looking at these technical aspects and I, I just want to talk about how they made me feel things you know Mm. Well, yeah, technical aspects can only get you so far, especially with art forms like this, where it's like a film can be technically amazing and not good. You know what like, did that a for lot me? Of... Um, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. You mean it was... Like, on a technical you... level, I thought it was perfect. It was flawless. But you, it wasn't for you? And then just I the, the plot and the characters, I was like what is that was all right interesting i have yet to watch it but i I, it is on my 800 plus movies to watch list fantastic mr fox is better you're fine i that's also up there it's probably higher than the other fantastic mr fox is definitely uh, one of the like i have a short list as well as a long list and it's on the short list i haven't seen fantastic all right we're not gonna do that um but i think films are neat i think movies 
are movies suck films yeah <laughs> are cool and that's the truth well thanks for thanks for tuning into the truth uh today folks you can uh you can subscribe to 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 our uh to to the the i only ever tell the truth and that's a lie I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Let me Exit. Let you. Let me. Exit. Can you. Let me. Exit. Can you. Let me. Exit. Exit. Can you.